so hello welcome back to another episode of in jessica's corner so this is probably about 23 24 hours since i recorded my first episode you won't hear it that quickly but at this point we have reached 50 listeners which i feel like in 24 hours that's major um you know small achievements become larger achievements over time so I'm really excited about that I'm also excited about the fact that you decided to join me yet again so because I began the dialogue surrounding having a relationship with my biological sister I felt like this was the perfect segue for me to discuss meeting my biological sister for the first time and cultivating a relationship with her over that time to the present so my sister and I met each other in 1999 um and I I actually remember a lot of details that some people probably would think is a little crazy that I remember them um my grandmother had just died pretty much at the end of May her funeral was at the beginning of June and my sister and her mom sent a sympathy card to my mother and I and within the body of that sympathy card there was the invitation for us to finally meet each other oh my gosh so I was so happy about that moment um for me and here's the thing as a kid I'm nine years old at this point I didn't give it this much of a symbolic meaning until I pretty much, you know, refresh my memory about that moment as an adult. I lost a woman that I was very close to. And earlier that year, I lost what would be like my second grandmother. So my sister was the perfect breath of fresh air that I needed to mend what would have been a broken heart at that time of losing people that had become so much of my daily life and what a perfect replacement she's been. So I remember this day like yesterday, we met at her grandmother's house. We were both so like giggly and super excited. Um, We have pictures and they're just so cute oh my gosh like you can just tell how excited we were we were just so happy to finally have that moment um and I feel like from a mental capacity we identify that moment as I'm never letting her go like I'm sure I didn't think about that as a kid but like I just feel like that moment was so oh my gosh it was so invigorating and it was so powerful that it really spoke volumes without us ever opening our mouths. So, of course, as I stated in a previous episode, we did become like really good friends. I talk to my sister all the time. And so she's going to laugh when she hears this. So when we were both like under punishment for cutting up in school or cutting up at the house or not doing something that we're supposed to do, regardless of whether we were not supposed to be able to talk on the phone both of our moms were fine with us talking to each other and 
So we're growing now. So hopefully if either of our moms listen to this, they won't try to gripe too much. But we were pretty much each each other's wingman. So if I know she wanted to talk to another one of her friends, I would just simply say, okay, I called you, you know, just trying to make sure everything's okay with you. I know you're under punishment, trying to give you some freedom, laugh, kiki real quick. If you want to call your friend, you might as well go ahead. So your mom will think you're talking to me and then hang up and call me back. So when she gets on the phone, I'm still on the phone. So we had this whole system and see, I should have known since that very day that sis was my ride or die. Okay. (laughs) All right. So we would have sleepovers. We would have like Saturdays together. Um, And the one thing that I also remember is that both of our moms would like be pretty involved in that process. Like it wasn't just like, you know, they would just have us doing stuff and they would kind of be out to the side. We would all do it together, which I thought was amazing. Um, it's almost like we had like a blended family. Um, and we were able to just mesh so well. So let me give you some background about my mother and her mother. They both were actually a part of the same adoption program. And so they attended the same classes and they became familiar with each other. Um, When they adopted us, they actually informed them that they had sisters. So that is how she knows to send the card. And she knows that my my grandmother died. So I thought about that. How does she know that that's your grandmother if y'all don't know each other? Okay. Clarity given. (laughs) So... Great. You know, we have all these monumental moments. I actually even went on a family vacation with them to the mountains in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. We hiked the Smoky Mountains together. Um, We have pictures of that, too. That was super exciting. Oh, my God. That was such a fun trip. Um, I remember riding up the mountain and bears were walking a are they a herd or a, I'm just going to say a group of bears were actually walking up the sidewalk as we were driving up the mountain. I will never forget that because I just thought it was so funny that they were just walking down the street like, you know, your neighbor that walks their dog. I just thought that was hilarious. OK, so as you can see, you know, we had very important moments with each other. Um, and so. Here's the here's the wonderful thing about meeting my sister. I was able to at least answer the question of what does she look like? Do we look alike? So, yes, we do look alike. Um, We have this insider where we call each other twin. Um, I feel like when we were younger and people would say that we looked alike, we would always argue them down. I mean, she looks like my sister, but we don't look alike. And then we finally let it go. So that's great. But I'll be honest with you, it kind of opens up other questions. So who do we look like? Um, From a personality perspective, I always identify her as the most compassionate and emotional version of me. And I am not emotional. And I know this channel um, or this podcast might confuse you, but I am completely not emotional. This is completely like out of my comfort zone, but I'm doing it because it needs to be done. Um, outside of that, you know, it's, it starts to make me wonder like what personality traits did we get from either of our biological presence? Um, I'm sorry, biological parents, not presence. Um, you know, and then it, it really opened my eyes a little bit 
to potentially meeting my biological mother. Um, I do know that she has another daughter and son that are supposedly older than my sister and I. Um, but that's pretty much all I know. Um, now I'm going to fast forward to a conversation that I had today after allowing some of my friends to listen to the first episode. Am I open to meeting my biological mother? Let me be honest. <laughs> that's an emotional roller coaster of an answer. At one point I was not interested as a kid. Now, I'll say when I first met my sister, I was open to it. Somewhere in middle school, I could care less. By the time I got to high school, it was really major for me. I was like, gosh, it would be so amazing if she could just see me graduate from high school. And then because I didn't give that any effort, then I switched it to it'd be amazing for her to see me graduate from college. Somewhere in there, I let that go. And not because... It was an issue just because I guess I didn't give it that much energy. Um, then I, when I got into college, I started having these like, no, you know what? Because then this lady will come around. She will think that I owe her something. She will think that I have to call her mother and she's not my mom. She just birthed me. Um, I don't ever want her to feel like she can ever jeopardize my mother's place I don't ever want her to make the attempt to disrespect my mother and all the sacrifices that she's made and so I just had like this wall for her now the amazing thing about my mom the woman that adopted me my true mother um she was always positive about my entire adoption circumstances I remember her telling me as a kid you know you're special because God gave you two moms. Don't ever say anything negative about her. She made an amazing decision to allow me to have the opportunity to take care of you because she couldn't give you the things that I could. She couldn't give you the best life that you deserved. And you should appreciate her for that. How can I argue with that? Right? So as an adult, you know, my mom um, has sent requested that I write a thank you letter to my biological mother for allowing my mom to adopt me for giving me the opportunity to turn into the amazing woman that I am today and just making such a selfless decision for such a major sacrifice for such a bright future um y'all that made me uncomfortable and I don't know why. I mean, I, I, I can't really tell you why it made me uncomfortable. Um, however, in planning a wedding, it opened my eyes to a few things. I am grateful for the fact that I have my biological sister in my life and her son, my nephew. Because if I never meet another soul in my family, I have them. And that's enough for me. I do get very concerned about the family that my children will identify with. You know, I don't even know. Truth be told, y'all, I don't even think that my nephew understands what's going on right now in relation to how I'm his auntie. You know, children don't really wrap their head around what an auntie is, that that means that technically you should have the same mom and dad or 
same mom or same dad or that you know biologically all of these different aspects contribute to the title that you have you know right now he doesn't understand that and so it kind of opened my eyes to think about what will my kids think about all of this and I realized in the extension of love that I have received from my sister's family because here's the thing like I said we mesh and we're a blended family they treat me like I'm a part of the family like I remember spending Christmas with them one time. Actually, I spent Christmas with them more than once. I've gone, Like I said, I've gone on family vacations. I've been present for family gatherings. And I'm a familiar face at this point. And so I just think that it's familiarity, love, and support. As long as my children have that, <laughs> the confusion that they have will be easy to sort out for them, if that makes sense. Now... As I start to speak about the development of my relationship with my sister, in a lot of ways, I think a lot of it was just reactive, um, just in relation to, you know, we had a good time and we were together. We were being children. Um, we were being what we thought sisters were supposed to be. And so that there's another thing, um, the assumption of what we're supposed to be to each other. We've never had that conversation. And so for the first time, I'll identify what my assumptions and or expectations were. And I'm not saying that my sister either fell short or met. I'm just identifying them as such. Oh, my gosh. I have a big sister, but she's really close in age to me. We're going to do everything together. Like she is like my new best friend. Um... We're going to take trips together when we get old enough. We're going to go to the same college. We're going to turn the city up. Um, we're going to get married at the same time. We're going to have children at the same time. We're going to finish school and we're going to get a business started. And we're just going to be booming. Those were the kind of bright expectations that I had, you know, I didn't really take into consideration that life will happen. There will be limits, limiting factors to all of that. Um, it may not work out that way. Now, that didn't affect my, my development of a relationship with my sister. But I think where I'm getting at is when you don't live in the house with someone, it's hard to really develop a relationship with them that's on like the deepest of deep levels. My sister and I, as adults, are learning so much about each other, and I'm so excited about that process because every day I learn more about myself as I learn about her. And I'm glad that this can be a mutually benefiting relationship for the both of us where we're both able to teach each other. We're both able to bring out the best in each other. We're both able to motivate each other. We're both able to pull out things in each other that maybe the other person didn't even identify. If I don't do anything else in this lifetime, I have to be amazing for her because we're all we have. Like, if I never do anything else, I might not be okay with my own personal shortcomings of whatever I thought I was supposed to have in this life. But to be honest with you, I'm happy knowing that we have been what we need to be for each other. 
for some reason, somehow, someway, God allowed us to be connected. And we really have to cultivate that connection in a way that I don't even think we really understand right now. And so I'll speak to connections from an adopted child and adult perspective. I don't make connections easily. I honestly hate meeting new people. I hate small talk. I hate all of that. However, I'm noticing a shift in myself. As I get to be more connected to my sister, I admire the fact that she never meets a stranger, that she is so compassionate about the experience of others, that she really wants people to enjoy her presence enjoy the dialogue, enjoy the experience that they share. I admire it so much that I'm noticing that it's rubbing off on me. Um, I'm rolling my eyes as I'm saying that because I really can't believe that I'm saying this, but understand that the circumstances dictate how much I enjoy it. If I am in a room full of black, powerful women who have the vibes right in the room because I am big on vibes, If I feel like this is a jealousy movement, I'm walking into a room full of haters. (laughs) Done. Hey, girl. And I'm in a corner minding my business. But if I walk into a room and I just feel love, I feel support, I feel power, I feel motivation, it changes me. And somehow, some way, I'm enjoying being around women, which is something I normally dislike. I'm enjoying it. And it's amazing. And again... What I'm learning about myself as an adopted adult is that some of the characteristics that I had as a child are returning. A lot of the hard nature of Jessica is based on my observations of the reactions of people. And not necessarily to me, but to people around me. I've seen how the people around me have been treated for being nice and warm and inviting. And I hate to see people taken advantage of. So I create a wall of protection to prevent you from ever being able to take advantage of me. And if I even feel like you're taking advantage of me in a measurement of an ounce, I am about to blow up on you. Because how dare you disrespect me like that? How dare you feel like it's okay for you to make me feel less than? How dare you identify the value of me? In relation to just saying, oh, she'll be okay. I don't care. She can take that. Whatever. So, with this episode, I know it was about me meeting my sister. But the dialogue is really about thinking about how people make you feel. Thinking about how you make people feel. The development of a relationship with my sister was about feelings. It's something that I don't even really like to deal with, but I will pour my heart out to my sister. And when she listens to this, she knows. Every emotion that I feel, my sister knows it. I have that conversation with her. I might not have that conversation with my friends. I might not even have that conversation with my husband. But at some point, even if we're not discussing it, even if I'm just texting it to her and saying, listen, I need to say this, I need to get it out, and I need to move on. It's a feeling, and I need to get it out. So I want to leave you all with a few things. Number one, 
make sure that the energy that you get off, that you get off. (laughs) If I could talk, make sure that the energy that you give off is the energy that you would like to receive. That's one. Number two, think about the best feeling that someone else made you feel. And think about how you can make someone else feel that exact same way. Thirdly, think about the relationships around you. Think about the ones that are strong. The ones that you couldn't see your life without. And then think about those relationships that used to be so amazing, but somehow they're dwindling. It's time to reevaluate those relationships, good or bad. How can you make the dwindling relationship better? In what ways can the amazing relationship improve? Because there's always room for improvement. Beyond that, how can you, how can you ensure that the feelings that you feel are positive? You know, I just made that about everyone else. How do you feel? And I think after the first episode, I realized I feel amazing right now. <laughs> let me let me just be transparent. I feel amazing right now. I let my guard down about a sensitive topic that I feel like even the closest people to me never knew. I feel empowered. I feel like I spread my wings so wide by releasing that first episode that I just I'm I'm soaring across mountains right now. Across valleys, across pathways to success. Oh, this is such an amazing feeling to just feel so free about something. I hope that I'm forcing you to feel the same way. I hope that the dialogue that I'm having about how I view life is forcing you to take a step back and think about you. 2018 was a year of self-reflection for me in a lot of ways. As I was preparing to be... A wife, I realized that I can't be great at anything if I'm not great at being Jessica. And so that's why I want to talk about feelings. I want you to feel like you're amazing. I want you to feel like if nothing else, you are the best that could ever do it. I want you to feel like you are enough. I want you to feel like you are more than enough. I want you to feel like whatever you're facing right now is only another hurdle to jump. I want you to feel like you can do it. I want you to feel like you can handle it. I want you to feel like no matter what comes my way, I will not let it defeat me. I will allow it to give me strength. I will allow it to build me up. I will allow it to push me forward. Those are the things that we will allow. (laughs) 